Welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, and I'm a photographer, podcaster, and writer. And I love art and artists, and I love asking questions and having real conversations. I have a curious nature, and I'm really interested in people, who they are deep down and why they do what they do, what do they love, and how did they get where they are, and where are they headed? Austin is a great city, and I'm grateful to be in the midst of so many talented and amazing artists and those that support them. If you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe where you listen and visit scottdavidgordon.com to learn more about me, other podcasts I produce, and to read my almost daily journal where I share my photography, thoughts and connections, and books that I'm listening to or reading. And reach out if you have an idea for your own podcast and don't really want to deal with the learning curve and all the equipment. Maybe I can help you make your dream come true. This episode is brought to you by one of East Austin's newest fine art galleries, Ivester Contemporary. Now an important part of the Canopy Creative Complex. Ivester is focused on connecting the Austin community with a diverse group of Texas-based artists and connecting those artists with a broader audience beyond the Lone Star State. The gallery has two rotating exhibition spaces and compelling new shows every month. Owner Kevin Ivester believes the arts offer a space and opportunity to form a deeper relationship to ourselves, our local community, and with the world. Come down to the gallery and join the conversation. You can follow the gallery on Instagram at Ivester underscore contemporary, I-V-E-S-T-E-R, and visit IvesterContemporary.com to make an appointment to see the latest exhibition in person. Now for the interview. As an adult, after working many jobs in the business world and raising her daughters, artist Joyce Howell decided to go back to school and study art and eventually achieved her master's degree. She started out painting in a very representational style, but in graduate school, found the encouragement and a strong desire to create abstract works that express more of her internal reality and how she processed everything in her world. For the last almost 25 years, Joyce has been committed to her studio practice and has participated in many solo and group exhibitions. She creates colorful and often atmospheric abstract paintings that without a doubt contribute to the joy and beauty experienced through art that we all need in our lives and our homes. She has been represented in Austin by Wally Workman Gallery for over 10 years and has a solo exhibition on show there from March 6th until the 27th, 2021. Here is Joyce. Joyce for being on my podcast. You're welcome. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm in your beautiful studio here in East Austin. And speaking of studios, I was just thinking of, uh, we were just talking about this. Eight years ago, I was doing a photo project and I came up to Kingsland to your house up by the lake there. And um, I don't know if anything's changed since then, but at that time you were like, no one has ever been allowed in my studio when I'm working before, except for you. <laughs> Is that still the case? <laughs> yeah, I don't like people here when I work. <laughs> I feel so honored. Like I, I got to see this like secret, uh, yeah. secret life. Well, you know, it's not that I have things to hide or anything. It's just that I have such incredible ADD. Yeah. That if someone is there, I'm totally not in the realm of my work. Yeah, I'm yeah, totally yeah. in the realm of I want to chit chat or something right. with someone. 
And uh, I think I'm also so hypersensitive, you know, that if someone is there when I'm working and they, I can tell when somebody like glances over at a painting, they're going, oh, nice. Or they're going, holy crow, <laughs> how's she going to save that? <laughs> and so if I pick up on that yeah, negative, what's going yeah. on, I'm going, oh my gosh, I just, and I start painting for the other person instead of for me. Oh, and that's yeah. the last thing that I, that I want to do. So. How did you handle me being there then? I don't know. I was there I for like an it. hour. <laughs> I know. I just bit it. I guess I knew I could probably paint over whatever happened. So yeah, I was a fly on the wall. I tried to be, but that was really fun. So I guess I have some kind of uh, unique insight into your painting style, which is really cool. I feel so for anyone that I probably should just start this way for anyone that doesn't know you, how would you describe yourself as an artist or your work. Um, I'll mention a few words in doing research for you. Um, intuitive, instinctive, reactive that you've used, other people have used. Yeah, those, those still so apply. Uh, I don't, I don't plan. You know, I, I haven't touched a sketchbook and I probably shouldn't admit that, but mm. I haven't. And, you know, I use them for grocery lists and yeah, things like yeah. that. So I don't, I don't plan, you know, unless I have a commission, you know, where someone has requested a certain size or perhaps they've seen, uh, something of my work that they like the feel of a certain yeah, piece, then yeah. I'll approach, I can approach it like that. But other than that, I, I just don't, I don't plan. I just start and, uh, it's hugely directed by what's happening in my ears. And I listen to music all the time when yeah. I work. And, uh, I just, I start. And so one mark kind of determines the next and that color, one color determines the next color. And, uh, I think I'm a bit of a synesthete in that certain music, uh, the paintings tend to go a certain way with certain sounds. Yeah. And, uh, so I think that sounds amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, question you not sketching anything. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the synesthesia because you'd mentioned that. Mm -hmm. um, is that not that um, one thing triggers another sense in a way? It does. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think I'm a bit of a synesthete. You know, I hear of people who have synesthesia where they can actually, like maybe a color, they'll get a certain taste in their mouth. Oh, wow. Or they will definitely think of maybe a certain number or something like that. And I'm not like that. But yeah. there are certain sounds or perhaps tones that, that means certain colors to me, uh, you know, like the higher, a higher pitch or something is yellow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, where, or, you know, a bright, clear, hot color, yeah. uh, and other sounds, uh, or types of music might steer me more toward those darker, more mellow, more, mm. you know, welcoming colors. And so it almost sounds like you might be you know, if you just listen to the same song over and over, over and over again, which I know you do, mm -hmm. like it, it's almost like maybe you're translating the song into the, into a painting in a way. Well, right? I think sometimes that happens and, you know, and I do, I do listen to the same song sometimes probably for maybe a couple of days yeah. while I'm working on a particular painting. Yeah. And that helps me when I'm, I uh, have to take a break or it's, you know, go to bed and get oh, up the next morning. Oh, to keep you in the flow. It kind of takes me back to that mm. point where I'm not coming back and thinking, what the hell was I doing there? You know, yeah. that kind of helps me transition back into Faster. that. Faster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. Yeah. 
uh, I kind of wish that we could have gone to the gallery where we could have had yeah. some paintings, and then I could have shown you some examples of how that has translated just in this last series mm. of paintings. But we can imagine. Uh, and for you know, people listening, your work is abstract, and it's very colorful, color blocks or more atmospheric kind of. Yeah, treatment. it's more, for the most part, it's more, um, atmospheric, yeah. I would say, and in, in a lot of paintings that I do. And I think I come from a long line of abstract expressionist and then take me away from that genre a couple of notches. Yeah. But that's kind of the school that, uh, I think I came through. I'm a colorist, you know, content. There is no content. I, you know, I'm not using my art as a voice per se to tell you something or I'm not suggesting that my viewers see a certain thing right. that's totally open to their translation, whatever. I'm yeah. just pure color. And when I, when I'm painting, I'm looking for that point. I come, when I come to a point in my painting where everything just feels that balance along a mm. central line, uh, then I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And, and I love it when, uh, if I'm eavesdropping and somebody sees things in my paintings, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's so fun, you know, uh, for them to, uh, for them to see whatever they will see. And one of my favorite things that happened, I think, was at a, uh, an opening at Wally's and this little girl was there with her mom. She's maybe five or six and she was so into the paintings mm. and she was just looking and she was, she got my hand and she took me over to a particular painting and she was determined that that painting was a purse oh, and she wow. was pointing out to me <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, yeah that's cool that could be great <laughs> yeah isn't that also why maybe your titles aren't super specific because you don't want to direct someone into thinking something no, about the piece right and i don't name them usually until they're all done and I have to send them somewhere and then I get busy and come up with titles. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes, you know, I'll have something in mind, uh, you know, that I'll name a painting after, uh, some music that I've been listening to, or uh, I read some poetry from time to time yeah. and I'll go back and scour, you know, those things that I've read recently and certain passages will just kind of click with me according to the painting and uh in the last couple of years i've become a master naturalist and so i've uh, been naming some paintings after some plants yeah and uh, maybe or some regions you know that i've that i've been on hikes whatever i was actually i went through that program too you did yeah i love it here did you do it here in austin i did it in hayes county Okay. I did mine out in uh, Llano County. Yeah. yeah. That's a great program. I love it. It's a wonderful program. You know, I thought I knew some stuff, but after going through the program, I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. And it was just such an enjoyable time. And Yeah, there's so much to learn about the area where you live, the plants, the animals, the history, the geology. I mean, it's just like they cover everything. They it's do. really cool. They do. And I've learned... Uh, my husband has a special interest in birds, and so yeah, me too. We've oh, good. So he we've uh, found a couple of uh, well, several bird watching places out around you know the lakes, yeah, and to go and and see what's happening out there. And those three months that I've told you earlier that my daughter and her sons came to live at the lake, yeah, uh, yeah. 
every morning, my husband and I would get the boys dressed and we'd take off and we'd go on these great hikes all oh, around nice. Inks Lake and out around Granite Shoals and up and down the Llano River and over in Llano and trudge up and down. And as young as they were, the, the one that was uh, not quite two, he didn't absorb quite as much. He was yeah. just in it for the ride and yeah, the snacks. Yeah, yeah. But the older one got to where he was uh, able to identify some birds oh, nice. and identify some plants. And if he couldn't, he would always ask, you know, Papa, what's this? Or, you know, yeah, that's really fun. So, and now he still, he still does that. He'll be out riding his bike and he'll pick up something and have his mom take a picture of him holding this. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll yeah. want us to know, want us to answer what, what is this? That's really cool. I mean, your work is really inspired by nature too, isn't oh, it? Absolutely. Uh, and there have been times that I've referred to them as personal landscapes. Yeah. And, uh, at the lake, I think that was, uh, so easy to do because in that studio looking out, you know, across that water and the light, how it would change and how the, how, how it, it would change just outside my windows according to which direction the wind was blowing or yeah. what time of day it was and certainly by the season. And, uh, it really taught me how to, uh, look for those lights and brights and those shadows. And a while ago I said, you know, I'm not, a planner. I'm instinctual, but I think that that just happened in my mm -hmm. paintings. I think that definitely had a big part in how I paint. Yeah. And it still does. I have this memory. I, I kind of was uh, triggered by looking through the photos that I took of you eight years ago this morning. And I just remembered just what a purely in the moment intuitive process it seemed like what you were doing you were s totally focused on the canvas you would back up and look at it and then you would zero in with your brush on a particular spot and then you'd be working that spot and then you're you'd be looking at another like the next spot or something while you're still working that spot and then you'd have like three or four or five different brushes like under <laughs> your arms and in your hand and in between yeah. your fingers yeah. i mean it was so cool yeah. to watch i was like this is an artist this that's is a painter the ADD. yeah okay <laughs> that's the add i can't say over here too much because while i'm over here i'm thinking over here yeah yeah so. yeah uh that was so cool to watch um <laughs> So I'm wondering, maybe we could go back and explore like how you even became an artist. Like, where does this all start in your life? The art, the interest in art, being an artist, painting. I, I think it's lifelong. I remember uh, the earliest memory I have of being aware of art or paint was uh, I had gone as a young girl with my parents to dinner at some friend's house. And this woman was a painter and she had her paints and a little easel set up on her dining room table in her house. And this was like in the, I'm going to tell how old I am here, but this was in the fifties. Yeah, And uh, I was fascinated with those, what went on. And yeah. uh, so it was a long time before I painted, but I remember that it said it was so powerful to me, you know, and so I would call her and do all the stuff that kids do. But I remember in high school, um, telling my parents, you know, that I wanted to paint and they found someone that taught paint, you know, in her house and we'd go set up on the reservoir in Los Alamos, New Mexico, and we'd try and paint. She would try and teach me to paint plein air, but you know, I would try and on a canvas this big, I was trying to paint everything I saw from here to here yeah, and yeah, here yeah. to here. <laughs> but it got my hands on the materials. Yeah. And I think it kind of solidified that desire. And uh, hmm. I still didn't, you know, study anymore past that much. I was a business major yeah. in college. And, uh, but once I was out of school, I went right back to uh, every, every place we lived. I'd find someone 
that was oh, doing yeah. lessons in a shop or in their home or something. And I would copy paintings. And uh, mm -hmm. my husband was uh, in a job that we moved around a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. And at a certain point, we were transferred to Midland, Texas. And I told him, I'm done, you know, doing a house and trying to find another job. He said, I'm going to go to UTPB and start work on my art degree. I said, I'm going to see if I can do it. Yeah. I had this idea that if you were in art school, you were already really fantastically good. And so I went thinking that, or wondering if this is going to work out or not, but I, I it did. Yeah. And uh, so I started pursuing that and finished my undergraduate work at UTPB. And when my youngest daughter finished high school, I had by then received my BA from UTPB. And I applied to graduate school in Lubbock, and they accepted me, and I went. And the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. That was, it took me three years, and I did it. So there was a period of time... Where you were just, it was kind of just a hobby. It was just something on just the side. You were working different jobs. I had, and yeah, I was. I was working different jobs. And there in two towns where we lived, I opened ladies' clothing stores. Oh, okay. I did that. And then, you know, raised a couple of girls and worked in offices and just did anything that kind of seemed to fit at the moment. I even worked as a preparator at the Museum of the Southwest in Midland, Texas for hmm. a while because I... There was a show coming up that I really wanted to see it a little better. It was going to be a show that tied together music and jazz. Mm. And they, I knew that they were going to have a Basquiat painting coming in that. And I was such a fan of Basquiat. I wanted to get my hands on that painting, so to speak. So yeah, yeah. they did. They hired me as a preparator. And so, um, I got to, uh, help the curator, you know, unpack the crates and wow. gloves on, of course. But I remember being all over that painting. Yeah. I was looking at the back <laughs> to see how, what was happening back there, looking at the front and, um, I just really turned me on. I loved that. Mm. I loved that job. What do you think was the trigger that, or what was happening right then in your life when you were like, I'm going to get my BFA in art. I mean, that was like a, you know, I mean, you probably had to quit all the other things you were doing, right? Mm -hmm. In a way to mm -hmm. focus on that. I mean, that was like a very intentional it choice. Was. Yeah, it was an intentional choice. Uh, you know, that desire, I think, was latent. And uh, that would be my go-to, you know, for what was relaxing and what I would want to do. That would be what I would go to was um, painting. And uh, But doing the paintings I was doing and finding the people that I was working with, they were very representational yeah, right. and very, you know, copying, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I knew all along that was not what I wanted to do, but mm. I didn't have the words or the education in art to know what it was that I wanted to do. Yeah. So, so, and I even continued that representational aspect through my undergraduate work. And going to uh, graduate school, I knew there was that I wanted to not be representational anymore. I didn't. I wasn't wanting to paint what I saw. I was beginning to have the knowledge that mm. I wanted to paint what I felt or yeah. what I heard, or I wanted to paint the. In the intangible mm -hmm. and still not really having the vocabulary or the experience or the knowledge to express that. But that's when I went to graduate school, my sole intent at that time was not to get, not to be able to teach. Although I did was a teaching assistant for a couple of semesters there, yeah. probably not all that good at it because my heart wasn't in right, it, right. but I did it. And uh, I knew that I wanted to somehow go from here 
point A to point Z. Yeah. And uh, during that three-year period, it was just, that's all I did. I didn't work outside of TA, my teaching assistant positions. I just worked. And I was lucky enough to meet some people that really helped me understand mm. what I what I wanted to do. And then I was able to jump that chasm to break away. And I didn't need to look at something anymore. I was just beginning to paint from me yeah. and where I was the genesis of it rather than someone else be the genesis oh, yeah. of it. So it was a very satisfying thing. And I went from being uh, a painter who was longing hmm. to a happy painter. You know, I was enjoying what I was doing. Looking back to that time in graduate school, I don't think that it was uh, as well received by some of my professors. It was well received by others. But I think there are there were those, a couple that I was criticized uh, consistently over painting, yeah. pretty paintings, they right. would call them. Uh, but I was... I was realizing that that was who I was mm. and I was old enough that I felt like I didn't have to please someone else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet um, a person that uh, was teaching in Houston, Texas at the time. He's since deceased, but he became a very good friend to me and helped me understand that my voice, no matter what my voice is, is as important mm. as any other voice. And uh, that really just gave me the confidence to say, you know, you're welcome to your opinion. If you think I paint pretty paintings, I'll say thank you very much. Yeah. Not, oh my gosh, I need to stop that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so in a way, maybe it was a blessing that you were going at an older age because you just had more confidence and were more grounded in who you were. Right. And Whereas I, maybe a student might've been very discouraged by that. Perhaps. You know? I think I would have been discouraged by that if I was, you know, 20 years younger or something, yeah, yeah. or if I knew that when I finished, I was going to have to go out into this world and make a paycheck, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with a teaching certificate yeah. or something. I knew I did not have to do that. So I had the luxury uh, of, doing what I wanted to do. And uh, I wish everybody had that luxury, but unfortunately yeah. not everybody does. But I did, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, absolutely. It's. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of artists, and they're all grateful to be able to be an artist. I mean, it's it's a, it's a cool... It can be a cool life. It can be hard, but it can be a cool life. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, though, you know, what were those moments like where you were, you know, you had been a representational painter and then you started realizing that you wanted to express more of what was inside and not just what was outside and i mean what were those moments like that, you know when you're starting to shift your painting and people are trying to help you understand that different way of being what well, was that like well i don't know how to answer that question but i can kind of tell you how it happened yeah yeah uh at tech uh i were i stayed at in lubbock uh one summer just to work in my studio. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of going back to Midland for the summer, I, I I stayed there. I had a little garage apartment and I stayed there. And um, the painting studio was not being used for classes in that particular time frame. Mm -hmm. So they let me stretch out in there. And uh, I had come across uh, some very large oil field maps that were on mylar. My husband had oh. been in the oil business and he scrummaged through those and they were just good painting surfaces. And I took them, I took a couple of them and I laid them out 
in the floor of the painting studio and they they were big maps they were make like four foot by like eight or ten foot oh wow i had started buying uh mist tents at uh the lumber company you yeah. know, where people you know those little courts that people take right. and it's the wrong color so they bring them back or samples or, or whatever, samples yeah. or whatever and i had started buying those and uh i took them and i i started playing with those i started uh thinning them down with water i might add some more acrylic to kind of change the tint and then i played with the uh viscosity of them and taking them and just pouring paint out onto mm. those maps yeah I would watch the paint according. I learned where all the dips in the floor. I yeah. learned the slant of the floor because <laughs> my paint would roll off the paint, you know, that way. So I began to prop, prop them up on the edge to keep the paint, you know, yeah. on the surface and then walk away. Oh. And then come the next morning and the paint would begin to dry and separate. And some of the most beautiful things I had seen came from that loss of control. Yeah. And, that hit me in a way that uh, those accidents that come that you're not prepared for to let go of that what you want it to be and to be open to to accepting what might come, yeah, yeah even yeah. though you have no idea what it's going to be. <laughs> right. So that was kind of the mm. beginning of helping me to just paint and see, mm. just just get the paint on the canvas, just get it on there, and then. Take away, put it back. Anything can be painted over. Yeah. So just get the information on there and then kind of give it the, you know, look like that. And then <laughs> yeah. side quick look. Yeah. Yeah. And work on uh, a lot of things at once. So I'm not so entirely focused on getting this done by golly, or I'm going to die, yeah. you know, just get some more things done so I can forget that child and pay some attention over here. Yeah. And while I'm working on this, whatever comes in this palette when you look, you realize, oh, maybe, and you can step over here and begin to work. And I actually went through a time, and it worked out really good, where I'm painting, and sometimes I would turn and paint like this. Oh, with your, you're with, looking the other way, and I'm your arm stuck out to the right. With yeah. my arm. So you're not even looking at what so you're I'm doing. So I'm not even looking at what my what I'm doing, and then coming back. And sometimes it would not work, but other times it would just be, oh my gosh, you know, that it gave me a, gave me a ah. block, you know, to begin to react yeah. to that. So that's so cool. It's like a moment. I mean, I obviously that's what creating art is or painting, but I mean, it seems like you've kind of really refined this process of just, or the intention of moment by moment reacting to each. And because it's, abstract it doesn't have to look like anything there's there's letting go of that control like this doesn't have to look like this landscape it right. can be anything yeah and it's all about uh the love of materials and finding that balance you know my paintings for me come to a point where they just feel like they're whole and you know i've heard yeah. people talk about chakras and you know the center point of whatever it is that makes you feel like everything is all right yeah yeah you know, like then, an energetic mm -hmm. feeling yeah so mm. that's kind of from that's my process you know i realize that it's not everybody's yeah, process yeah. and some are very intentional and mathematical and some painters some artists are so friggin smart yeah. that you know i'm not even in their universe you know mm -hmm. with how they begin to think about their work but that's not me. And um, today, driving uh, from the lake back to the studio, I had on the radio, and I was listening to something, and they were talking about 
non-fungible tokens. Yeah, no, I've been Have you been listening I've been to learning that? about that too, yeah. Mm-hmm. It blew me away. Uh, yeah. You know, it makes me feel like such a dinosaur, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in the art world, because I'm, I'm totally non-tech. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very happy being non-technological. I Cameras just bum-fuzzle me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, I found the kind of dummy medium that makes me so happy. <laughs> and I'm so glad about that. <laughs> yeah, and it's been pretty much the same for hundreds of years, really. I mean, yeah. there's no... Yeah. Uh, what else did you learn, do you feel like, in your graduate program that still influences you or something that someone said or something that someone helped you to realize or something that happened? Is there anything? I mean, was that, sounds like that was a pretty pivotal time for you, for oh, your definitely. development. Yeah, it was. Well, it taught me uh, the work ethic. You know, you've got to show up. There is no such thing for me as the muse. You just get in here. You've got to come to work every day, yeah. whether you feel like it or not. Work begets work for me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not something that I just do when I feel like it. I come to work every day and some days are more productive. Some days are less productive. I spend a lot of time some days sitting here with my computer playing online Scrabble or something while I'm looking, thinking, what is my next? (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) But I'm here. I'm, I'm here. You know, I'm not so that I came away with that. You know, if this is what I want to do, then, then do it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So when you were in school, you just worked your ass off, it sounds like. That's what you're saying. Well, yeah, and I had the benefit of being older, you know, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking for where the party was or I wasn't looking for a mate or a, you know, I was there. I knew what I wanted to do and I knew why I was there, so. Yeah, and that, and you graduated in 2005, right? Mm -hmm. And what did your work look like when you graduated compared to now? It was probably less ephemeral. Mm. I think it was, uh, things were more, uh, solid, mm-hmm. more, uh, more color blockish, perhaps. I think there was less layering, less, less motion. Uh, I used a lot more drawing with the brush and with, uh, crayons and, uh, pastels. I mm. still, when I finished, my graduate school, I was still doing a lot of pouring. Okay. Uh, I was oh, yeah. uh, doing some of that. I would pour onto canvas and, you know, walk away and see what happened. I was working a lot in more mixed medium. I work, I've kind of narrowed it down. I've eliminated some materials mm-hmm. uh, that I used to be, I think, a lot more experimental. And perhaps I, I've thought perhaps I need to go back and revisit that some. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just tend to go where I feel like going in the day. Mm-hmm. And do that. Uh, there's in the show over at Wally's now, there is a painting that is, I think it's 30 inches by 60 inches wide. Uh, I think the title is Juliet, I think is the name. And when I finished that, I realized, oh, you've gone back in time. Mm. And it's a painting that was more like what I was doing 10 years ago. Yeah. Or 12 years ago. Speaking of time, that. That reminds me of a, a thought that I had, uh, partly by something I heard and partly by doing research for you, thinking about a show like you have at Wally's right now. That uh, When is that up till? Do you know? Well, it went up this weekend, and they're usually up for a month. Yeah. Uh, they usually hang the next show the first weekend of every month. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Wally Workman Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was thinking of was, you know, I go in to see your show, I'm seeing 
all that work in one moment, all existing all at once in one moment, at one time. I see it all. But I'm just wondering, like the artist, you, you're looking at that work. It might have been a year's worth of time and experiences. And a year ago, you were a different person than you are now. I mean, I just, I was just thinking how interesting it is to think of a show from the perspective of the artist instead of just walking in and seeing it as a complete thing. Like, how do you think yeah. about that passage of time, your involvement, your work's involvement? You well, know? I could talk about this one pretty easily. Um, all the work in the show at Wally's was probably done in the last maybe six or seven months. Okay. I'm pretty prolific. Um, and this last year, you know, with the pandemic, uh, I, I didn't paint at all for those three months that I had my little grandsons at the yeah, lake. Right. So I missed that. So I came back here and had to jump in and, uh, jumping back in, it's just been such a crazy year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm speaking just for myself. Oh, no. You know, yeah. the pandemic and everything that's unknown and the isolation. I like to travel. I haven't done that. I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to get with my, friends, you know, yeah, just for happy hour, right. you know, meet you here for supper or something. So there's been this whole head game of emotional stuff that I know yeah. we're all dealing with. And I think that really showed up in this body of work that's at Wally's. Mm. When I took it to her, I said, you know, I, you know, gosh, I hope this kind of looks like a group show, not a solo, not yeah. a solo show, yeah, because yeah. there are works that are very typically what I've been doing in the last few years. But there are a few pieces that are definitely not what I've been doing in the last few years, like the Juliet piece I referenced mm-hmm. a while ago, another big piece called Narcissa, which is very solid, color blocky, more so than what I'm doing. And there are a few pieces that are very definite landscapes in there. Mm. They're kind of uh, abstracted landscapes, but they are landscapes. You can look at them and that's yeah. what they are. And I definitely have not been used to doing that. I don't do that. But they just came. And I think it, I think that's a result of just coping. You know, some days were easy. Some days were hard. Some days, you know, I was kind of scared and worried and, uh, you know, everything was so political and so sick and so, uh, pandemic. And I had friends that were not in good places Ah. with, you know, not being able to work and jobs and a lot of worry going on. And so I think that all showed up in, Mm. uh, in that body of of work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's obviously been an incredibly hard, difficult and crazy last year. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, are, I mean, are you still listening to music while this is all going on too? I mean, is it like the music and then the, yeah. the world, all your friends' lives? I know, uh, your, yeah. Everything, it's all being filtered through you and into, the, into your work. And some days it was really hard, even if I had something like Prince going on in my ear, you know, which yeah, is yeah. so energetic. You know, just trying to, oh. uh, the, that was going on, this is going on, but still, you know, it's just focus choice. <laughs> Come on oh, back okay. to the world, you know, and those days, you know, where I said, well, ago, you know, you just have to show up. You know, the work's not going to get done unless you show up. But some days it's just, it was just really hard hmm. to show up, but you do it. Yeah. Do you think any of the pieces in the show show, you know, kind of reflect this stress, this 
angst or this kind of frustration? I hope not. I hope not. But if we were there, I could show you a couple of paintings that if I painted, if the price was by the hour, they might be the two of the most expensive paintings (laughs) I've ever done. (laughs) Now, how did that happen? (laughs) Because I just couldn't come to that place. You know, that was in balance. You know, I kept painting and putting the paint on and painting and repainting and coming back the next day and just being like, what are you doing, Joy? You know, how do you do this? There were days, you know, that I would feel like, how the hell did I do? How how do I do this? You know, but just keep, keep going, keep going and just working through it. So, and and I'm happy with every piece there. You know, I don't put anything out unless I'm, I'm happy with it. But there were a couple that it, I was beginning to think, maybe you're done. <laughs> wow. As a painter. That's heavy. That's heavy. But that's the way it was. And uh, That's a desperate moment. I mean, that's painting is a huge part of your life to imagine that it might, you might not be able to, yeah, might, how, might yeah. not be able to do that anymore. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And how do you get past that moment? You then? just keep working. Wow. Keep on working. Drink a little wine. Drink some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Get on to email. Play Scrabble. (laughs) Play some Scrabble. Call your friend. (laughs) Call somebody that you know is in the same boat as you, and you both kind of kvetch about it and spill your guts. Yeah, yeah. Hang up and then... Are there any... Are there any like literal questions that you ask yourself as you're kind of getting towards the end of working on a piece that you know, kind of standard questions or questions that keep coming up that help you kind of figure out if you're if a piece is done or help it realize itself? No, it's, that usually comes when I find myself with a small brush going dab, 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 oh, dab, I dab. See. <laughs> and then you go, then I, I know, just put it down, step back, look at it tomorrow, and then you know you're done. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you look at the work in the show and I mean, are all the pieces completely realized to you? Or do you feel like, oh, I could still touch that one? Or? Oh, yeah. If they came back to the studio, I think I could probably paint on everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there are some paintings, that little room back there, that second room yeah, where yeah. I have things stacked. Sometimes I would just take the painting and put it back there. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't looking at it out of sight, <laughs> out of mind. Or if it was still in here, I'd just turn it to the wall. Yeah. Or I'm not working over here and come with that little brush and go... And... uh the way my paintings are, uh, it's hard to go back into just one area. So everything seems to be woven together, you know, a warp and a weft. So if yeah. I come back into a painting for just this little something up here, it usually throws off like oh, my whole balance. Yeah. And so I end up working, reworking the whole dadgum painting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of dangerous when you've got a time... When you've got a you know a yeah. deadline breathing right. down your neck, but right anyway, yeah, I can just imagine this process of just having to let go and, like you said, not dive into this whole reworking process. I mean, yeah. it must be uh, yeah, a little stressful, a little interesting. Yeah. So you usually do, like you'd mentioned a little bit, work on multiple paintings at a time for yeah. sometimes four or five paintings and you're kind of right. bouncing around. Yeah. Like so, so since the show, uh, I, I delivered the show, uh, last week, I guess. And I've started these two paintings and I'm working on those three, four little ones. Oh, right wow. There. Okay. Yeah. And I've just sewed three, five by seven canvases that I need to, I don't need to, but I'll, I'll probably jump into, you know, just to kind of 
keep things spread out so I don't give all my attention to one yeah. thing. That's that's the worst thing I can do is to just get down to one painting and just obsess over one painting. And when I've just got one, those are the ones that I usually work on much too long and they've got two or three different personalities oh, in there yeah, yeah, yeah. that get painted over. And then you get kind of lost, like you don't know who just it get is. hypercritical <laughs> yeah. of the painting and myself. And ah. So it's best to keep more. What kind of things, I wonder, do you talk about with friends of yours that artists that are like the biggest struggles? Or I mean, how do you how do you feel like? I mean, I'm just kind of looking for anything that you feel like might be helpful to other artists to hear, or things that are, you think are common struggles that you've kind of maybe figured out a way to get through, get past. I think we've already touched on it. You know, when yeah. I talk with my um, with other artists, I realize we we all have the same troubles you know some days we just the work comes so easy and some days it doesn't and some days we're discouraged and other days we're on cloud nine and um you know i think that we're just all the same and i think it just helps me you know when i talk to someone who's going through that too you know just i'm you know i'm not unique and no it's not time to hang up my brushes yeah (laughs) keep on you'll work it out definitely not you'll work it out and i can't imagine ever not painting you know, because yeah. it's not work. I mean, it, some days it's work, but what am I going to do? Am I going to go learn to knit or what am I? I mean, yeah. play bridge? I don't think so. <laughs> no, you're a painter, right? I'm a I painter. Mean, you know, if I if I had all the time in the world, I'd probably, I probably would do some gardening and things like that, you know, that I already do. But I'd still have a studio and paint something. Yeah. When you come in my studio, does this does the do you smell paint? My girls do. They fuss at me all the time. Mama, <laughs> get some uh, circulation going through here. But I love that smell. I, I can't smell it because I'm, in a, I'm a little stuffed up and I actually lost my sense of smell like eight oh. months ago. I hit my head. Oh, I not had, through COVID? No. No, I never Did had. You have I a got concussion? tested. Yeah, I had a, a, a slight concussion. Yeah, I hit my head. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and I lost my sense of smell right. Right. I, I mean, I noticed it like a week later and then I got tested just to be safe and mm-hmm. it still hasn't come back completely. So I'm kind of missing that. Yeah. So I did not notice. Good. I would have, I would have welcomed the smell of paint. I would have been so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it would well, have I not have bothered a, me at all. I have a big air filter back there that I crank up. Oh yeah. Especially in the winter when I can't open it up so much. But yeah. w- when the weather's nice, you know, I open that door and then I open these windows and point some fans out just to yeah. kind of keep it going through. But, you know, I know it's not good for me. I know I need to keep, keep it going, but <laughs> I love, it's I love that. It's just part of it, right? Yeah, it's just part of it. It feels like home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you a funny story when I was getting my undergraduate work. I started doing my assignments and everything was so important to me at that time. I was just taking myself far Mm. too seriously and I was making all this stuff and uh, (laughs) (laughs) my space to keep all that stuff was filling up pretty quickly and everything seemed so precious. I just couldn't stand it, throw it in the dumpster or something because I might never be able to do that again. And uh, I had a, I had an instructor that I'm still friends with him to this day, and uh, he's real tall. And at the time that I was doing that, you could still smoke in class, you know. Yeah. So Chris <laughs> usually had a cigarette tucked behind each ear and one oh, wow. between his fingers, you know. And he would kind of his feet would get to you before the top part of his body. Yeah. Yet he had that kind of stride, and he sidled up to me, and he could tell I was just 
so intense on this, and he kind of leaned down and whispered in my ear, and he said, Joyce, you have to make a lot of shit. <laughs> and what that said to me, how I interpreted it at that time, is he gave me permission to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just you make it. Wow. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just make it. <laughs> wow. He could see how tense you were, how precious everything was. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like his way of saying, relax. Relax. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. it go. And the same person I told you in graduate school that um, talked to me about my voice being as important as anybody yeah. else's, he told me a story about him, where in his studio, uh, Walter Hopps was coming to his studio to do uh, to look at his work, and he was the director of the Manil, and um, mm. Virgil said he had his work, you know, stacked out that he wanted to show Walter, and he said Walter came into his studio and totally ignored what he had laid out for him to see. And he started scrounging through his desktop and looking through the stacks of stuff over against the wall. And uh, Virgil asked him about that. And Walter told him, he said, you know, your job is to make it. He said, my job is to take it out of here. And he said, I'll make those decisions. You just do the work. Yeah. So it... Ah, saying yeah, the same yeah, yeah. thing, you know, you're, you, you as an artist, you just make it, you know, what happens after you make it is really, you gotta just let it, mm. let it go, let it happen. And, uh, so now I do, it becomes less precious when I'm done, when it's gone, it's out of sight, out of mind. And they can hang it in the bathroom or they can hang it in their office. I don't care where they, yeah. where they put it. You've kind of, in a way, by having that, attitude is just detaching yourself from the outcome. The most important piece is the one I'm working on right now. Yeah. So I don't worry about those others. They're, they're gone Mm -hmm. happily. So, and they're, you know, like as you've intended, they're beautiful paintings that are serving that purpose in people's lives. Yeah, They, they are. And I love, um, every once in a while, you know, I meet, uh, the people or they contact me after they've bought a painting and uh, I hear some really, nice stories about people that have received my work. And uh, that's so, I love that so much. Uh, You know, when I talk to someone who cares enough that they've purchased a painting, it's like we have a connection at a level that's just so right here. It's like we're talking the same language. And to know that uh, something has come from me that has made them happy or has just made them content or whatever. That's such a neat thing for me as an artist. Yeah. You'd mentioned in an interview that I read that uh, you told this wonderful story about this woman who every day she walked by your painting and she just felt so much joy or some positivity mm-hmm. by looking at it. I'm trying to think. There's, there's several stories like that. Uh, I was thinking the other day um, of a woman that uh, she bought a painting from Wally and it was this, I'm sure when I took it to Wally, Wally was thinking, I'm never going to get rid of that painting because it was big. It was like maybe six by eight, five by six is a big one. And it was all pink, pink and red Yeah, is <laughs> a lot of pink. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so this, uh, a woman walked through the gallery to meet a friend at Clark's next door to the gallery. And mm. she walked by and she kind of glanced at that painting and she said, I liked it and went on and had lunch with my friend and came back through the gallery. And she said, I stopped in front of the painting and she said, I, I read the title, which was, uh, Ruth's 
Kitchen. Oh. I had been reading some books by Ruth Reichel, who is editor of Gourmet Magazine, and yeah. she was food editor for the New York Times, and writes some great books. And I was reading those books at that time, and I named that painting Ruth's Kitchen. And she said, when she said, I love the painting. And then she said, I saw the title and she said, I had to have that painting. <laughs> and she said, her, uh, she comes from a ranching family, far west Texas, and her grandmother's name was Ruth. And she said, Ruth's kitchen was the gathering place. She said, mm. that's when you went to, when you went to the ranch, you lived in the kitchen. And she yeah. said, my grandmother always had her cheeks and her fingernails were painted. She had her ear bobs on and she said she was a pink and red grandma. Oh, wow. And so she said when my grandmother passed away several years ago, she said all the girls in the family, she said we all got manicures of bright pink and red fingernail polish. And she said when I saw the name of the painting and saw the painting, she said, I just had to have that painting. And she said, I love that painting. And it's hung in this beautiful home in West Austin. And I think there's an Andy Warhol on that one. And then on one wall beside this painting and then the, in the living room behind the painting, it was, it was on the cover of uh, some magazine. I think it was Lux. I think it was Lux magazine. And you could see behind it into the living room, there were two paintings by an artist that, oh my God, I just adore his work. His name is Tony Sherman. Oh. And he is a, he's an encaustic painter. And I just covet his work. Yeah. I mean, I'm such a fan. And so I was, th- there's the picture of my painting with Tony's yeah, work. Yeah. And I thought, fine. That's in, good company. My painting's in better company than I've ever been. I, that was just such a. That is so cool. I know. That was so cool to me. And, uh, and I loved her story, and I love that it brought back that feeling of home for her. That was that yeah. was nice. So I don't care why people like my paintings; they can like them for the artistic design, or they can, right. if they trigger. I don't. I really don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun that you know, even though you might be here toiling away every day or struggling, or I mean, have fun too. But like to know that all the effort you're putting in will or could generate some joy in someone's life or remind them of someone that they care about that's gone or whatever. I mean, that's really, really. Another instance, uh, I sold a big painting in uh, a gallery in Houston and a long time ago when I'm just getting started and uh, a woman bought it and she had just entered a second marriage with a man who collected German expressionists and she said, they're everywhere. And she said, I just can't relax. (laughs) So, So she bought that painting and she she said it was hung in a room where she sits and yeah. drinks her coffee and tea. Nice. And it's, she said it's hung over an <laughs> antique Turkish hookah, which I'd love to see that hookah. And she said, I can go in there and just, she said, I'm so calm with that ah. painting. And I thought, well, okay. That's wonderful. <laughs> I want to see those German expressionists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, just thinking that. about where the art ends up in people's homes with their collections, their lives, their families, their... yeah. Furniture they've inherited. It's all. Um, I'm wondering how you fill your well these days if you're not able to travel. You know, how do you that's keep hard. yourself that's going? One, that's one of the reasons I've struggled so this last year is yeah. I have not been able to do the things that I normally go to to do that. Yeah. Which is friends and travel and, uh, you know, just seeing each other smile or just go give someone a hug. You know, yeah. Hugs. What, what's a hug? I don't know. What's a hug? <laughs> yeah. What's a hug? So, but now I'm, I've had both my shots and, um, uh, I've got some trips lined up for nice. later in the year that I'm crossing my fingers and toes that they happen, that yeah. I can still go, but I've, right. I'm, I'm planning, you know, so hopefully that'll happen. And Do you feel like you had to find a new 
level of depth to bring something out because you didn't have all those other Well, I was trying inputs. like crazy every day. And like I said, it yeah. usually came in music, wine, caffeine, Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so trying to draw on everything that I'd drawn on in the past, you know. And I think after you do this a while, you know, you kind of get into a space where it's like muscle memory if you're an athlete. Mm. You know, you can draw on things, or I can. I can't speak for everybody, but that's what I had to do. I mean, it was that or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like this last year, this experience of um, creating the work for the show at Wally's and maybe other work that you're creating for other galleries? I know you're in quite a few galleries. Do you feel like that's changed your work at all, the direction of your work? I mean, kind of where do you see it now and where do you see it going? Good question. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. You know, it will go where it goes. Yeah. And, uh, it will go where it goes. That's the answer I was expecting to get. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's the exciting part of it. Is there anything else do you feel like we haven't touched on that you want to talk about, that you want to share mm. with anyone that might be listening? I mean, I think mostly Austin artists listen to this podcast. So Yeah. Oh, if anybody wants to talk, if anybody needs to kvetch, yeah. <laughs> if they find themselves in the same hard spots I've found myself in this past year, call me. Oh, that's nice <laughs> of you. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of experience. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to mentor people that are at different stages. Well, I don't careers. know that I can mentor, but I can certainly be, um, you know, I hear you. Yeah. That yeah. kind of person. Yeah. Other than this experience of, you know, learning about people collecting your work and where it ends up and how it affects their lives, what else do you feel like really inspires you? to be an artist? Like, what do you think is the best part of it? Like, what's the most joyful part of being an artist for you? Well, I like it. Yeah. You know, I think I'm, I'm happy. You know, you always hear that saying that if you like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. It's not quite true because there are days that I definitely do work, you know, where it doesn't come easy, but I can't think of anything I'd rather do. And mm -hmm. so I'm in a very sweet spot of being able to do that. Uh, I've not had to set it aside and go, you know, do something else to pay the rent. And yeah. uh, so I think that's, that's happy for me. And, and I, I like it. I like artists. I like what I do. I like the materials. I, uh, I like it. Yeah. What do you think you would say to someone like yourself, maybe before you went back to school, who was kind of on the fence about like, I don't know, am I, could I be a full-time artist? Should I be a full-time artist? Maybe it's enough just to do it on the side, you know, like, I mean, you, I'm sure that must've been a really important point in your life where mm -hmm. you just decided I am going to be an artist. Mm -hmm. Oh, I you don't know? know what I'd say to someone. I guess I would, um, just have to say them to them that, um, you know, it can't be a half thing. You know, if you're going to do it, jump in there and do it. Don't just do it. You can't just do it when you feel like it. You know, mm -hmm. you got to go when you, when you don't want to. It's, um, even though you love it, it's a job and you just, you have to do it. So I would just encourage them to study. Uh, I'd encourage them to take a lot of art history and I'd encourage them to talk to as many other people that do it as they can and pick their brain. Uh, mm. That's all I can say. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> well, thanks, Joyce, for your time and, uh, you know, 
it's been years, years in the making, I guess, doing this interview um, since I first met you at Wally's. Uh, you've been there at, for 12 years now, haven't I you? I think. I think this was my ninth or tenth opening with her. Yeah. Yeah, I would encourage That's everyone so. to, um, if you're hearing this before probably the first week in April, to make an appointment at Wally Workman Gallery to see Joyce's work in person if you're in Austin. Yeah, that I, I just I love that gallery. Uh, I think of it like a home gallery. And, uh, you know, Wally gave me, she was the person that said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll hang your work. And everything good that's happened to me has happened to me because mm. of my association with her. And she's just got so many wonderful artists over there. I love going down there and just poking around and see what's up now. I, I feel like I'm in a, I'm in good company down there. They're so supportive. And as a gallerist, they've never told me what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Give me total freedom, which is just a real joy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it true that Wally kind of was the first gallerist to kind of pick you out? I mean, I think Rachel told me maybe you were showing in a salon or something before that. Yeah, I had I had shown, you know, just in little places here and there. Uh, but uh, when I finished grad school, we uh, started building the house at the lake. Yeah. It took me a couple of years to get that house and get a studio where I could paint. And as soon as I could paint there, I started painting and uh, I made a CD Made a disc of yeah. my work. Back in the day with the CD-ROMs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had passed the slides. Thank God I was horrible at that. Not only taking the photo, but then putting all that yeah. little silver tape oh, on geez. there. Oh, God. Yeah, that, I don't so, miss that. So I made a little disc and printed out my CV and all the shows and stuff that I had entered. And I had walked in and I thought Wally was a man I'd never met her you know I'd been in the gallery and yeah. looked around and they were always real nice and you know let me look around but I never we never introduced ourselves. and so I walked in the door and I had my little brown envelope and this person came out and I said I'm looking for Wally Workman um may I speak may I speak to him and she goes here I am <laughs> <laughs> nice so I held up my envelope and I said um I know you get hundreds of these. I said, but here is one more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why, but on that day, she said, well, come on back. Let's take a look. And we went back to her desk, and she plugged in my desk and looked. And she said, can I keep this? I'd like to show it to someone. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And so she called me back in about a week, and she said, can you bring in the work? So I threw everything in the back of the car <laughs> wow. and brought it. And we, scared, we put it around the floor of the gallery, and she disappeared and came back and holding this contract in her hand. And she said, if you'd like this, uh, here you go. And wow. I, I said, well, I'll read it. I was, I think, I, I don't know if I was as calm and cool as I think I was then, <laughs> but I, I took it and I said, I'll, I'll read it. And I got in the car and I called my husband. And I said, she gave me a contract. That's awesome. <laughs> so oh, I don't, wow. I never, I didn't, I don't think I ever read it. I signed it <laughs> and took it back. I, don't, I still don't think I've ever read it. Yeah. I know what it says. It's I fine. can't, what I can and can't do, you know, yeah, how yeah. to take care of my business. And that's never been an issue. So. Wow. And so that was like your first break, right? I mean, is that? Yeah, yeah. She, uh, yeah. That's, cool. That's she so cool. She started hanging my work and then other galleries started. Con She's pretty well. I mean, people, people shop her gallery a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so galleries from all over the country have been in touch with me because of my association mm. with her or because of a painting <laughs> that she sold. And she sends work. Not just mine. I mean, her, yeah, at yeah. the gal uh, everywhere. 
Yeah. And uh, so her yeah. artists get seen. Yeah, so. she's uh, been in the business for... She just had her 40th anniversary. Wow. Mm-hmm. In that lo- in that building, in that gallery. Yeah, she has tons of experience, great taste in artists. I mean, I've she's, always I've been I've been going there probably for fifteen or twenty years myself. You and know? she's such a friend to the artist. Yeah, uh, she, I, I mean, truly, I I could tell you some more stories there, but I don't think they're mine to tell. Yeah, uh, she is truly a, a champion of uh, and Rachel too. Yeah, uh, they're a great team, and absolutely, I feel very lucky. Yeah. I don't know if I should advertise this either, but um, <laughs> she has a great deal, the girlfriend plan. Do you know about that? Uh, I bought a painting there some oh, years ago that way. And it was you like, pay it out? just pay it off. If you pay it off in a year, right? you have a year. So yeah. I just paid, it was a $1,200 painting. I paid $100 a year or yeah. a month. I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, probably some of the buyers that are so dear to me that I just love so much or you get a young couple that comes in there and they've got a couple of kids and I'm thinking you've got daycare a car payment a house payment you're trying to get your stuff and you're paying on one of my paintings every month I just want to it's really cool just yeah wow thank you (laughs) that is really cool that's a huge compliment it's like yeah I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and uh, I want your work in my house yeah, That's so cool. I, I, that is that is just awesome when that happens. I love yeah. that. I'm gonna have to have her on one of these days. You should. Once you she should gets just her second shot, get her. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, she's just great. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. Truly, I do love her. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's a lot to love. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Joyce, for your time, and um, really appreciate you sharing all these things about your life and life as an artist. Um, my pleasure. Thank you. Been, I, I love visiting with you and so yeah. having you for a whole hour has been fun. Thank you. Yeah. So I encourage everyone to check out Wally Workman Gallery and um, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Scott. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so appreciative of your time investment in listening to these conversations that I have with these amazing people. I'm very grateful for you. And if you want to learn more about me and the podcast, just check out scottdavidgordon.com. Take care. Thanks.